Beginner's call. This is your beginner's call. Will all show beginners please make their way to the studio? Tonight's performance of Overstudies is about to begin. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Overstudies podcast. Yes, we're back again with some more stagey chat for your ears. Stagey chat for your ears indeed, but first of all, a very sad announcement. Is it a sad announcement? It's the end of the season. Yes, we are taking a bit of a well-deserved summer break and uh, wrapping things up for season two. I think it's been a, a good solid season so far it's been absolutely solid both in terms of the content that we've been producing but also how much effort and energy we've been putting into this podcast yes we do spend a lot of time creating our content and putting it all together so when we get great feedback from people people listening it means the world and it's actually starting to pay off a little bit yeah completely we really do appreciate all the support both from those of you listening those of you getting in touch but also you know all the performers all the wonderful wonderful people who've given up their time to come and appear on the podcast as well so thank you so much like i said we're really taking a well-deserved break at the end of this one uh going off for a little holiday in newfoundland that's a lie but i just wanted to Complete get in lie. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to get in a, a, a reference um but we will be back at some point in the future, so do keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. Yes. So what's the uh, topic on the agenda today? Well, I was going to say, before we do that, for those of you who are just tuning in for the very first time, because you never know, you might be. That's true. Um, who are we, you wonder? We are two uh, people. <laughs> very sleepy, slightly unhinged people who love musical theatre and well, love theatre in general and the performing arts in general and everything to do with it and have decided to come and talk some words from our mouths. Yeah, we've just decided to share our thoughts and I guess some of you enjoy it. So I'm Becky. I'm Charlie. And yeah, we are just two theatre fans who love to discuss anything and everything that yep. people give us a chance to. We do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Talking of anything and everything, today's podcast is all about those musical moments that make our brains go a little bit buzzy, give us a little bit of rush of serotonin and give us some excitement and some joy or indeed some great sadness. Like we've got some deep cuts coming. Yes. This is a question that we like to ask all our guests on the podcast. Um, we've had some great answers in the past, but we've never really dived into it from our point of view in great detail. And I think just from us talking about this before starting recording, we've got quite a list. Yeah, absolutely. This is very much going to be a part one to this podcast this topic there was yeah. going to be a part two probably coming in the next season um but for now we're going to go into some of our greatest moments favorite moments and we might you know have a little sprinkling here and there of ones from some of our previous guests as well yes if you would like to get involved with the conversation let us know what parts of songs parts of shows make your brain go a little bit buzzy uh you can find us on social media we are on twitter at overstudies we're on instagram at overstudies blog do we have any other ways of getting in contact? You can go to our website, www.overstudies.co.uk. And on that website, you will find a contact form or you can drop us an email, stage at overstudies.co.uk. Um, let us know your thoughts, vibes, favourite moments. If you love the episodes, if you hate the episodes. 
any any feedback we welcome yeah and if you're listening on spotify as well in the app don't forget you will be able to see a little question question answer box at the top of the uh top of the podcast that will be what is your favorite musical theater moment so do let us know directly in the app as well how easy do we make it for you? you don't have to navigate away unless of course you are not listening on spotify because this feature does not exist anywhere else yeah so you will have to navigate away and uh, send us a tweet well then without further ado let's jump in and find out our musical theater moments Yeah, this is one that we share, actually. So we're going to start off sharing and then I think we'll just have to see see where the vibe goes to be honest yeah this is going to be we've, we've got a plan of what we want to talk about but i think the order we do them in is just going to be completely off we'll the see cuff. what happens yeah i mean it wouldn't be overstudies without our usual little sprinkling of chaos but the musical that we're going to begin with is i'm just going to say the entirety of come from away to be quite honest yeah i think there is something very special about the musical style that has been chosen for that show um and i won't go into too much detail about why I love the musical style. We have a whole podcast episode on that. So if you do want to go and find out more about that, check out our old episodes um, from season one, I believe, Mm. Come From Away. Um, Head on over, have a listen. Uh, You'll hear all our thoughts on that. But there's one particular moment that we really, really love, isn't there? There is. This is one that for both of us is quite good fun. And it's during... um, the sort of the start of the show or towards the beginning of the show in a song called 28 Hours where we're starting to get an insight into the minds of the plane people, the people who are stuck on the planes for 28 hours. Yes. And we've heard all the kind of different stories about what they did to entertain themselves while they were on the plane. And one little moment highlights a very well-known song from Titanic, um, because this was actually one of the only films that was available on board that just kept getting played on a loop for 28 hours i can't imagine anything worse than sitting through titanic that many times but also like sitting through a disaster movie while, a- <laughs> while you're living a disaster well you while you don't know that you're living yeah. through a, a disaster yeah, yeah. like but the there's a part in i think it's kind of towards the middle towards the end of it's about two-thirds of the way through to, of the song and we go from the story of the plain people 28 hours into titanic and specifically the bit from my heart will go on where it's like near far wherever we are wherever you are and then the second half of this song is actually called wherever we are and i think that's such a clever transition from a pop culture moment to actually this is this is what we're going through as well and it's just so clever. It's just a really seamless, like, yeet from one <laughs> song, from from Come From Away into Titanic, back into Come From Away. You don't question it. You don't think about it. This gets reprised later on in the show as well with a slightly different spin on it. But also then the the notion and, like, the, um, the theme of wherever you are, wherever we are, is there throughout Come From Away and appears in quite a few of the songs. And just, like, there's a few particular, like, really beautiful choral moments that wherever I whenever I hear it, I just get goosebumps straight away. I think that's just listening to the whole soundtrack. I get goosebumps the whole way through. But yeah. that song, it, that part of that song, it just makes me laugh so much, but also gives me like chills. It's just such a beautiful blend of everything you want from that show. You've got pop, you've got folk, you've got rock, you've got everything. Every all kind of genre. Or, yeah. It's just <laughs> it is such a fantastic show. We're going to move on. 
um, because like I say, we've got a lot to power through today and we've done Come From Way already on our podcast episode. Talking of chills and things that might give us little goosebumps or whatever, have you got any ones that spring to mind for you, Becky? Oh, where do I start? That is the question. Not the big one. Oh, which is the big one? I don't um, know. It's your <laughs> list. I'm just saying you, ne- you never start with your like your biggest reveal. Um, I think one of my favorite musical moments, and I think it is a moment that gave me chills and made me realize that I was actually in love with this show before I realized I was in love with this show. Um, and it's the pre-chorus of Out of the Frying Pan and Into the Fire from Battle of Hell, the musical. The change in tempo and like the harmonies in the background as we're going through the section where it's like wander down the endless hallway that that yeah, part. yeah. um and like the almost gospel inspired kind of vocals in the background to the actual lyrics i think just the contrast in the tempo the contrast in the sounds it it just gives me chills even listening to like the cast recording even going back and listening to like the actual meatloaf recording of it um it's in that original song but in the cast recording it's just like elevated and i think yeah looking back on my experience of bow of hell that was the moment i fell in love with the show without realizing that i was in love with the show and yeah it's just a really special moment I think Bat in general is actually a really special show. You know, I've said this a lot about it and there's a lot of moments for me that make my brain go a little bit like excited as well. For me, a lot more of it is like the spectacle of the show rather than the music specifically as again, we're not going to go into it because we did a Battle Hell episode uh, quite recently. Yes. But for me, I think you're absolutely right in that kind of bit of the building up into Out of the Frying Pan. This is where you kind of really start to understand particularly in the modern like the cut version of the show some of the frictions between falco and the lost and it really does kind of build up like the tensions and and all the rest of it and i think yeah it's just another of those beautiful kind of musical moments yeah every time i remember sending you a voice note being like this is the bit that i like this bit (laughs) and just recording that part of the song and you've been like no eggs i know what you mean i was like i don't know why i like it but i like this bit (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good point as well to just drop in now that we are not like professional. We don't know what we're talking about. We are... <laughs> Basically. No, I, that's why I just stopped at professional. Like we're not professional <laughs> anything. We have limited music theory knowledge. So if we say something and it's actually just incorrect, we're trying our best. Okay, don't come for us. Yeah, we, we're, we're enthusiastic about theatre and musical theatre and we've both dabbled in like amateur stuff but we're talking decades ago at this Mm. rate so we're not experts if we use the wrong words please don't shout at us please Please tell us what the actual words are yeah also like please educate us we're trying to like say it in ways that people who are like us and won't have musical theory knowledge will also understand what we mean but if you are listening to this and you're like no this is what it's called or anything let us know like absolutely we want we want to learn so yeah just thought i'd get that that bit out of the way yeah so your turn what's your next one my turn. Where, where, just for people, for everyone listening, there is a long, long list on the desk in front of us. And I'm actually, I have no idea which one you're going to pick. I'm going to go with, so for me, Bat Out of Hell, as I've said, one of the big things is actually less the music and more the spectacle of the show and the staging. So I'm going to stick with staging and I'm going to stick with like 
production values. And you're not going to know a thing about the one I'm going to mention because you've not seen the show, but it, and it's something I've told you, you're not allowed to look at production shots for, which is Matilda the Musical, specifically ah. When I Grow Up. And there's a sequence, like the song is beautiful anyway, like it's a really nice little song and both in the film and on the stage, the transitions and the way that it's like paired together is really clever and there's a lot of like really fun imagery that kind of is putting through this utopia against the dystopia of Trunchbull. But there's a bit with swings and if you've seen the show, it's not swings as in like the performers, swings as in like actual swings that you get from trees. And I'm trying to describe it so that those of you who are at home haven't seen the show can understand how beautiful it is, but I don't want to give away anything. Do you want Becky. me to just leave the room yeah, for five leave, minutes? No. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those spectacular like set pieces of musical theatre that the staging, the backdrops, the lighting, the song itself, the choreography just all comes together to just make you just look up and go, wow, this is really, really special. And you're just there being like, I just in awe of these people. Like I, I think the first time I saw this going in completely blind as always, I was just there with like, my mouth was just like open. I was demonstrating. I was like, you can't hear the demonstration <laughs> on my mouth was just open. And I was just like, sat there, you know, dead still, probably not breathing, just being like, wow. This is, it's just one of those powerful like moments that's always stuck with me. So yeah, I think definitely I'd choose when I grow up from Matilda. I think, yeah, I, I really need to see the show. And I think it's so important, those moments that just stand out straight away and hook you in to a show or even, I mean, my next example is actually from a film that hooked me into the musical that then hooked me into the show. So I get it completely. Sometimes you just need that one moment that's like light bulb goes on in your head. You're like, I get what this is about. Yeah, it's musical theatre, stroke theatre, stroke performing arts. Is all They're all about more than just the music or more than just the staging or more than just the lighting. It's the full package. Like this is something that this is a hill I will die on again and again and again. It's all important. It all links together. It's why I say, you know, if a musical theatre soundtrack is great on its own, fine, but it has to also translate well onto the stage. And if you've got a fantastic staging, but you take away the music kind of thing, then that's it's good that it's still a fantastic staging, but it should be, you know, the whole package. You can't, if you've got one leak, one weak element, then that's not really like certainly what musical theatre is kind of about for me, at least. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Before we get your next one, Let's now take a little trip down memory lane and have a listen back to one of our previous guests on our radio show. Oh, throwback. And what one of their favourite musical moments was. Mm. I was actually asking my girlfriend about this. I was going through the questions and I was like, what would that moment be for me? Um, I think there's two that are coming to mind and it's they're really random. <laughs> 42nd Street, I don't know if you saw it, but yeah. where the big stairs come out and they all start coming downstairs. Yeah. That is one at my little head goes like, whoa. <laughs> like that is, that's theatre at its like top, isn't it? Yeah. And another one that does that to me is Mary Poppins, Step in Time. 
Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's just so clean. It's just so clean. Like, and and um, Jolly Holiday. Mary Poppins is one of my favourites because it's so clean. Everything about it, every, how everyone's dancing is so... It's just beautiful. It's beautiful theatre. And that, to me, gives me a, a rush, I think. It makes me want to be up there. Anything that makes me want to be up there is, for me, what I would say in my head, top quality, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm... Anytime I see a tap number, I'm like, I want to do that, even though I cannot tap dance to save my life. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? What, it? what it does to you, though, you start going, I can do that. I'm invincible. And I think when something does that, that's when you know it's good. Because yeah. that's what it's for, isn't it, theatre? You know, I love that. Thanks to May Tether there, who came on our radio show all the way back in 2022. So my next, next choice, pick a number between one and three. Three. Okay, that's not what I had in mind, but I mean, it does actually, uh, it's quite a good one. Um, This is a moment from a film that I've seen because I've not seen the stage show yet. Um, And it's a show that I think you've seen the stage show for. And that's um, In the Heights. Yes. Yes. We need a revival like three years ago, uh, but I will take it any time. If we'd had a revival three years ago, it'd have been cancelled. Yeah. You know, a, a revival three years ago would have been a bad time as well because it would have been too much with the film coming out. But we need a revival now. Yes. I'm impatient. I want it immediately. Um, but because I've not seen the stage show, I my first experience of In the Heights was the film. And I've listened since listened to the Broadway cast recording and compared that to the film cast recording. And I think that there's a moment in Breathe specifically that Leslie Grace nails, absolutely nails in the film cast recording. Um, And it's towards the end of the song. So this, for those who don't know the show, this is a moment when Nina's come back from university. She's actually dropped out of university, but she is the first person in her family to go to university. One of the first people in her area to go to university um has so like the weight of the world on her shoulders and expectations coming left right and center of what she should be achieving and this song is basically she doesn't know how to tell everyone that she's actually here in uni she hates it she wants to drop out she has is on the border of dropping out um and it's just the pain of the expectations weighing on her and there's a line right at the end that the whole song is building to and she just says I know that I'm letting you down but it's the pain in the voice that Leslie Grace manages is it just gives me chills and I think that was like one of the first moments watching the film where I was like I get this I know what this is about and it's just something that the the Broadway cast recording just doesn't doesn't give me it's it's hard to compare but it's I think it's because the film cast recording has had um like musical updates like the musical yeah. style has been updated and I just think it's a lot stronger and the pain is stronger there and I just I just it seems it's weird to say that uh actual really heartbreaking moment is one of my favorite moments in the film but it's it's just a beautiful kind of powerful moment 
But I think that's it though, is that these like gripping, powerful moments can be the, some of the most memorable and the most stand out. I've not seen the film yet still. And I do remember kind of very little from the stage show because of just the circumstances around when I saw it. But I just remember all of In the Heights just being such a beautiful, beautiful show. Like the, the staging, the music, oh. the whole package, which is why I'm kind of like sad that I don't remember more of it. But equally, all I do remember is just how brilliant it was, which is a good thing. So, yeah, let's get a revival, you cowards. Absolutely. I think, yeah, the music stunning and I would love to hear it with a full orchestra, full band. Hearing it live would just make me so happy. We do aim to make you happy. That's the plan. I'm going to stick with Lin-Manuel. Oh, we're going, we're going for it. We, we're going to go. Theme. Yeah. So this one is one that I know both of us have got some excitement about and we're going to do a full episode I think on this in season three so do check back for that in due course Encanto specifically we don't talk about Bruno yeah it's the song it's the song of the summer it's the song of the year whatever whenever it actually came out I don't know time has no meaning to me anymore um last year I think it was no it was the year before was it oh Mm. my god I'm old yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was still in my 20s when we don't talk about Bruno came out I feel like the last year has just been a blur yeah because remember we were talking (laughs) about it on the very early radio shows oh my god yes What, what a concept yeah what a concept indeed we don't talk about Bruno is just a very clever crescendo of the feelings, the emotions, all the different strands of the storylines in Encanto, which is an incredible, powerful, fantastic film aimed at children. So that says a lot about us, I think. But yeah, the song is just a a bop, a catchy, catchy, boppy bop. But then it has that classic signature Lin-Manuel, let's overlap all the different melodies all the different parts all the different voices into one just mishmash of everything and for me it's just the the song itself we don't talk about bruno is objectively good and like bruno's main parts of that but then you get coming back in all the different strands from the other songs we've seen it's got the thing that i really love where each character has their own motif and we hear bits of these motifs or like things linked together throughout the production which is something I'm a really fan of, like the very traditional kind of musical theatre stuff. Um, and then you get to the the ending of We Don't Talk About Bruno, where all these are overlapping. And it's just, it, it's perfection in a song. Lin-Manuel Miranda does the same thing every single show, musical, film that he writes. And I eat it up every single time. I don't care. He could, do, he could just do like seven musicals that sound like that. And I'd be like, yeah, here's my money. Well, in the Heights... Encanto, Hamilton, Moana, they all sound the same. So there's four. Yeah. And I eat it up every time. <laughs> like this man has me in a chokehold, I'm, I'm afraid. This music, it's just too good. Which part in Encanto, so when they're all overlapping at the end, which bit stands out the most for you? Um, So that it was our wedding day track. That's the bit I hear. And then right at the end, I hear the I'm fine, I'm fine um, bit over everything else. But yeah, it's the, it was our wedding day track. For me, it's the, he told me. Na, 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 
it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't do some really bad singing <laughs> at some stage on it. So Note how I've not attempted to sing any of these. I just have no shame. I don't really care. Like I'm having fun and I'm enjoying myself and that's more important than actually, you know, my dignity. Speaking of having fun and enjoying yourself, <laughs> um, I was actually going to go straight into a deep cut, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to stick with the lighthearted um, moments, which I guess is kind of um, a production thing as well as a sound thing. But Whipped Into Shape from Legally Blonde yes. is the pinnacle of musical theatre for me. <laughs> like... <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. It is. No, but it is like the perfect example of like a fantastic musical theatre piece just from yeah. musically, but also production wise. Um, no, but there's in all seriousness, like the guitar during the final workout scene where Brooke Wyndham is in prison and is teaching the inmates how to skip basically the guitar behind that is just so fantastic and encapsulates everything I like about like modern pop rocky musicals and it just makes me happy every time. I think that Whipped Into Shape is utterly bonkers. It's the pinnacle of musical (laughs) theatre. Utterly bonkers, but yes, I I actually would agree with that. It is the pinnacle of musical theatre. It is just ridiculous in every single way possible, but also incredible in every single way possible. If you haven't seen the show ever, next time it gets revived anyway, next time it's on, go and watch it. Um, if you haven't seen the show and you didn't see the Regent's Park open air production, I genuinely feel sorry for you yeah. that you didn't get to see Lauren Drew performing this. It still lives rent-free in my head. It will live rent-free in the head in my head for the rest of my living days because just the sass that Lauren played Brooke Wyndham with was so perfect. Yeah. But also on. the choreo, like the work, you are doing a full workout once or twice a day, eight or nine times a week while singing and skipping. It, it's incredible. Just Lauren Drew's thighs. Just <laughs> We're all thinking it. I'm just going to say it. Everyone who's seen it is thinking it. I'm just going to say it because again, I have no shame. Um, I would love to have thighs like that. I was just thinking more of the breath control. I can't skip for five minutes without losing my breath. Never mind skip and sing and dance at the same time. Yeah. 10 out of 10. No notes. Yeah. I'm going to steal one of yours, but I know you're going to come in on it. Ooh. But it's one that we're always both going to want to do. And it links into notes, um, specifically translations. Ooh. Ones that we might get lost in. Oh, we're going for the deep cuts now. We're going to go into a deep okay. cut. Right. Um, so this is Lost in Translations from Lyft, which was my show of 2022, which is why I'm very angry that you wanted to steal this before me. I love the song. Like I, I read the assignment and I came prepared. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll give like, you that. One. What more do you want me to do? This song is phenomenal as a piece of music, as a story, as a angry, emotional, just getting your feelings at the world when something's happened about heartbreak. About if we want to get deep 
because I'm aware we haven't done a lift podcast, there will be coming a, a there will be a lift podcast at some point in the future. We're just waiting for the right moment to do it. There is just so many layers to this song that are perfect. I think is the way of saying it. Like this is perfection, and I don't say that lightly. But equally, as I say, lift was my show of 2022, so it was always going to rank highly. But it for me, it's going from the really rocky heavy guitar start into just this very delicate emotional kind of feelings opening up a little bit about things where they are what then for me then takes it up a notch was when we saw it at the Southwark Playhouse last year was Kayleigh McKnight playing the role and just with the emotion the anger that Kayleigh played it with twinned with her voice and just this incredible growl that she has I'm just excited now thinking of it like (laughs) it's just I I need I need I need an album recording please and thank you well there is actually a YouTube video recording of Kaylee singing Lost in Translation specifically uh, a little bit more toned down um than when you see it actually on stage but I think you're right like this song is so beautiful and I think it's a song that if it fits your vocal range, should be in every single person's audition portfolio. I don't know what you actually call them, but like it's such a great song of demonstrating so many emotions in a short space of time. And actually for me, I don't want to go too into too much detail with Lyft, but as a show that handles grief in its many forms, this song encapsulates all of it. And I think this is like the key number from the show. Um, There's one little part towards the end where it's kind of building to that final bit of anger um, where it just repeats, uh, do something wrong, won't you? And like the frustration of like from the narrative of the show, like loving someone and just wanting them to do something so you can be angry at them but you can't because you just keep forgiving them and forgiving them and forgiving them. And I just think it's, it's a beautiful encapsulation of that kind of frustration of not really being in control of your own emotions. Yeah. You're just, yeah, you've summed it up there perfectly. And I think the one thing I just want to say as well, because I, I know I talk about Lyft a lot and I'm never <laughs> going to stop talking about it. But one of the things I talk about Lyft the most is the production values and the set design and the movement. And actually one of the things that made Lost in Translation so special is that all of that was stripped back for this song as well. And it was just simple, like perfectly simple. Kaylee and the music did all the talking and that was exactly what was needed i think and just yeah i need i need i need that show back just to play on demand whenever i want to see it which is every day (laughs) i think you'd be insufferable if you had unlimited access to that show more insufferable than i'm already yeah i think it it would be too much you would become too powerful fair no fair what we're going to do now, though, is we're going to have another little throwback down memory lane. And we're actually going to listen to Kaylee's answer when we asked her this question when we interviewed on the show last year. What? Oh, it's hard because I have two. I have like a performing one and a watching one. Yeah. So like my watching one um, was uh, I saw uh, Adina Menzel in Wicked when I was like a teenager uh, when they played it over here for the first time. And I 
defying gravity I was huge wicked stan right like literally had the poster on my wall and all the photos I think I still have them up in my childhood bedroom um and uh my mum took me to see wicked and when defying gravity finished and it was the interval my mum turned to me and I was just like a blubbery mess it was the best day of my life the best I still remember it I was like this is my dream coming true so I obviously I toured with Hugh Jackman which was you know amazing and so um, for me, it was definitely the first show we did. No, you know, it wasn't even the first show. It was when we did New York. We played Madison Square Gardens, uh, which is bucket list. And there's a number, uh, a moment in uh, From Now On from Great Showman, where, uh, which is the last number of the show. And I used to have to run down with the dancers down this little catwalk um, to finish off the number while I was singing. And I remember running down and looking up and just seeing so many people. And I had this moment of, oh, my God, this is my actual life. What is happening? And I was like, I'm stood on stage at Madison Square Gardens. I'm singing to literally 20,000 people. And it was like the biggest pinch me moment of my life. But also having moments like that on that tour fully gave me the confidence to write my own music and do my own thing. So... Yeah, that was a definite life-changing performing moment for sure. <laughs> I think seeing as though we're still kind of on the topic of uh, keeping things uh, scaled back and letting the music do the talking, this is one that I know you also share this opinion with me, but there's a moment in the Choir of Man right at the very end of the show where the entire cast sing a song called The Parting Glass and it is sung stripped back, no microphones, completely a cappella. It's honestly the greatest moment in that entire show. And again, we have a whole podcast on the Choir of Man if you do want to hear more about our thoughts on the show. But that song is just stunning. And I think, again, it is a case of stripping back everything letting the music do the talking letting the vocals do the talking and there's one particular bit kind of in the like the middle verse where um the lines of all the comrades that air I had are sorry for my going away and the harmony on that bit where it's like my going away half half the people go down half the people go up but it's it feels so unexpected. Even now when I listen to the song, I know it's coming, but it still kind of throws me, but like in a really good way. It seems like it naturally seems like the song should go down, but the harmony just, oh, it's, if you've not heard the song, go listen to it because I, I genuinely can't describe it and do it justice. Well, we can actually drop in now a little clip of the Choir of Man Parting Glass from the press launch of the latest run at the Arts Theatre when they performed it. So here is that little part of the Choir of Man, the Parting Glass that Becky's just mentioned. All the, all the money that ever I spent, I spent For all. 
to me the parting path and drink a health water before. Then gently rise and suddenly call. Good night and joy be. chills every time honestly it's just a, it's just such a beautiful part of the song and i adore it i with first time we saw this we went into to choir of man not having a clue and again we're not going to go into it in detail because we've done a pod all about it but we went in not really having a clue of what to expect being like it was one we very much took a punt on we sort of liked what we'd seen at west end live we'd already decided i think about halfway through, actually, we, we liked this. But then we got to Parting Glass at the end and both of us were just sobbing and were like, actually, this embodies what this show is all about, which is togetherness and looking out for each other. And But also when we've had those bad times or those bad experiences, it's that shared <laughs> loss, grief, whatever it is. and. I just, it is, yeah, it's such a beautiful way of, of linking everything together. Another one that, like I say, knows what it's about and strips back all that production. There's no flashy lighting, there's no microphones. And it wouldn't be the same if it did have any of that. Like less is, less is more. Yeah. But I say this agree. a lot. <laughs> Go on. Right. I'm going to do one just for me now. All I'm right. going to indulge myself. Um, and. It's another one you've not seen, and I know that you have much debate about whether you want to see it or not. And that is Frozen. Mm, yeah. And there's a song in Frozen that is new to the musical called Monster. And it's about, it's when Elsa is deciding, is she the problem? Or like when she's got her magical icy, icy powers, is she the problem? Or is this like a, a victim of circumstance? Obviously not knowing that there's other things are transpiring to make her out as a baddie. And this song is, is a very personal one. It got me through some very bad times in my life because I think it's got that moral dilemma, but the music itself, the piano in particular is just very very beautiful the pacing the questioning it's not the most like complex or technically like exciting of songs it's a disney song it's for children it's never going to be like the most mature in that way but there's just something about it that links it really nicely into the original frozen score that everybody knows and loves but also is one of the best like new songs for the stage show and when I got to see it on Broadway for the first time, I was just like, this is incredibly special. And the way that it's staged and again, all the rest of it. Um, yeah, there's, and then there's like a, a key change halfway through. And it's just, yeah, fantastic. And I think it's one that you, if you heard it, you would actually be like, no, this is, I don't hate Frozen anymore. My issues with Frozen and nothing against the actual music itself. It's just hearing it too much. So I think I can, I could be swayed to like, especially if there's new songs, I can be swayed. I think you'd enjoy the stage show, genuinely. 
One day. One day. We'll get there. On the list. I'm going to just jump in and do another one now. That's fine. Um, and I'm going to stick to another song, another show that you've not seen, but I know you really want to see. And that is Jesus Christ Superstar. I am so desperate to see this show. Now, based on what you've heard, which is one song, um, I know well, that... You, the, the, there's a couple of songs that are just known in general. Uh, yeah. But the, the Aside one, from Superstar, the one song that you know, which is Heaven, Heaven on, on Their Minds. Yeah. And that starts with a, a very iconic guitar riff. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Now, I'm not choosing Heaven on Their Minds. I'm choosing Trial Before Pilate or Pilots, depending on how you choose to pronounce it. It is Pilate, but a lot of people go Pilate. It's not Pilate. That's a, a Trial Before Pilates. That's just going to the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's whipped into shape. Um, no, the Trial Before Pilate, uh, including the 39 uh, lashes, I think it's called, uses this same riff as kind of the backbone of the... Um, of the lashings, which is, I won't go into the details again for people who haven't seen it, because no doubt once you've seen JCS on the tour next year, we will have a very long two-part podcast episode about Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm just yes. expecting it already. The way that this is then used as like a reprise, linking back to the beginning of Heaven on Their Minds and what's that about is really clever. And the way that then it's got this build-up of Pilot doing some counting and adding to the drama, but also then watching this trauma play out on stage. But then very specifically, the way the Regents Park Open Air Theatre production did this in the original outdoor production was just incredibly delicate, clever, but also quite scary. And it had all those emotions that you want to have with quite a sensitive part of a show. And I just, even now, whenever I listen to it, I'm just like building in anticipation of what's going to happen. And it's just, I think I'm not Lloyd Webber's biggest fan. This is not a secret, but when he wrote Superstar with Tim Rice, they just got it so spot on. And if he'd stopped there, the world would have been a better place. You saying you're not a Lloyd Webber fan, but I believe you have another Lloyd Webber on your list. So. I think you do protest too much. All right, Shakespeare. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Yeah. So also on my list. <laughs> Not to call you out, but. Is the Phantom of the Opera from the Phantom of the Opera. And I have a love-hate relationship with this show. And I'm going to leave it at that because <laughs> <laughs> we are going to, you've not seen Phantom. It's something that we have to see. We will be doing a podcast episode on this in the future because you can't call yourself musical theatre podcasters and not do a podcast on Phantom, unfortunately. Yeah, it is no longer the Broadway's longest running show. You know what it is? Chicago. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> It's great though that like Phantom is now not a longest running show anywhere. So thank you very much for that, Broadway. Um, there's just something really powerful, especially when you're a young musical theatre nerd who is still learning about shows. Like Phantom was a gateway show for a generation. I am that generation. And the opening like piano stroke organ, the famous iconic notes 
as then the chandelier starts to rise, there's then the sequence of the Phantom and Christine going from above down into his lair. I just think all of these things together as a staging, as a production, it is a very iconic score. It is one of the standout moments of all musical theatre. You play that to people who are like, I hate musical theatre, I know nothing about it. They'll go, oh, that's Phantom. Add that to the staging, you get something really special, notwithstanding the fact that Phantom is one of the worst shows ever written. I think as... As in my a, opinion. As a phantom hater. Um, <laughs> You've not seen it. My issue with the songs that I know from Phantom is that they are all at least five minutes too long. Um, and some of them aren't even five minutes. So that says a lot. But no, as a phantom, a phantom indifferent person. Is that a phrase? It is now. Um, I can even, even though from what everything I've learned about the show, I've learned against my will and I still don't get it, but I also do get it. Like the music is objectively like beautiful from the songs that I do know. It's a very good use of piano and organ. And I am unfortunately quite a big fan of musicals that use a lot of piano and organs and use them well. So what if I become a convert? What if I'm a phantom girly after all this time? No, it's not going to happen. I wouldn't be so sure. Uh, it would be the end. It would be like the divorce of the overstudies though, because I genuinely like, I, I have a very personal connection with phantom that I'm not going to go into now, but I don't, I hate it. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but I hate it. Yeah. Um, And if you were like, non-ironically it's my favorite show i would genuinely be like what is wrong with you give your head a wobble it's never going to be my favorite show my favorite show is heathers for crying out loud like <laughs> i'm not going to replace that with phantom am i two very different shows mm. in terms of musical style musical style yeah I, in terms I of topic in... not really <laughs> i come into musicals for the musical style so it, it would be it would be a shock i think it would be uh We'd we'd have to have some conversations if that did happen. I think. We, yeah, we would. We're going to hear now one more musical theatre moment from one of our past guests. So have a little bit more of a throwback to 2022. Do you know the show Bandstand? No. No. So, um, I've, I mean, I have heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I will educate you now. Yeah. Uh, it was a show that was on on Broadway a few years ago. Didn't come to the West End, and then during the uh, one of the lockdowns, they they put it out live on Playbill.com, and there's a there's a song in it called Donny Nowitzki, who is he's the main character, and he's got a song uh, that's about him, so it's called Donny Nowitzki, and he has one big belt right at the end of this song. The last time he sings, "Cream Rises," is just the most beautiful note in in theatre history, in my opinion. It's just so good. So good. Thanks to Chesney Forks Porter from the tight lads there. So I believe this is my last choice, which this is why we need a part two, because I've so many more that I want to talk about. But one of my favorite musical theater moments is from a show that not many people actually know about. And it is the last five years. And here we go. People have heard of it, but they don't get it or they've not seen it. And I think for me, 
it's just a very beautiful more of a beautiful piece of music than a beautiful show itself yeah i'd agree with that if you haven't heard of the last five years don't know what it's about pause this podcast here go and listen to our last five years episode because i i know what becky's gonna say because we've talked about this a lot and i think you this will make a lot more sense if you've listened to the podcast first so pause us now go and listen to last five years and then come back and if you've already listened to it then then just keep playing yeah so at the very end of the show there is a the closing songs technically are goodbye until tomorrow and i could never rescue you and goodbye until tomorrow is kathy's excitement about a new relationship and the joy that comes with it and there's a specific moment in the song that just encapsulates the joy of finding a new relationship and finding all the hope and positivity that come from it and it's a part where Kathy says goodbye until tomorrow goodbye until I recall how to breathe and the way that Anna Kendrick does this in the film version of the last five years is the most joyous and excited and optimistic way that I have ever heard anyone do this and I think it's just a beautiful way of encapsulating the joy from that track in such a stark contrast to then the bleakness of Jamie's I Could Never Rescue You and I'm a Jason Robert Brown girly I love anything that he has ever touched but this song I just think is one of his best kind of pieces of work personally. I'd agree with that I went into last five years very blind you were just like i love it you need to see it so i was like okay well got nothing to lose and it's not my favorite show i didn't love it but i did enjoy it and i had a good time and certainly like once we got to the end for goodbye until tomorrow i was like no actually i I get it like this is this makes a lot of sense and it wraps everything up quite nicely as well so yeah i did a solid choice solid last choice it's just a very very beautiful song and very beautiful standout lines like that one i think just give me chills my last choice is no pressure no pressure at all i'm gonna go with one that i think applies to both of us oh as much as i want to do a cliche close and it would be perfect and just sum me up to do a cliche close i'm gonna save that for part two and instead and this will be a surprise and a shock to a lot of regular listeners i'm gonna choose something from hamilton Ooh, okay in a curveball move and that is as a hamilton hater (laughs) i don't hate hamilton it's just not my favorite show towards the end of right hand man there is just a really delicate yet powerful swell in the music an almost choral like vibe where the ensemble are going i'm just like my country i'm young scrappy and hungry and the way that that contrast from what a lot of right hand man has been about up until that stage which is quite punchy rappy and we gather in and then that then runs under as like then a background for the rest of the song. It's again that Lin Manuel overlapping of, of different themes and things. And I just think it's something that on the stage was 
was fantastic but it is one something then that i can listen to and i just i just go all like i just really like it when i listen to it and it's just for me probably one of my standout moments like if you said to me pick a moment of hamilton it's that moment and if like there's a bit of hamilton i like remember the most it's that moment and i think as i've said before my big criticism of hamilton is it doesn't know what it wants to be the music is great but it doesn't have that factor of being wow it doesn't have all those elements coming together if it was just a concept album it'd be fantastic if it was just a straight play with like the staging and stuff it'd be fantastic but the two bits don't always gel together and then it has its pacing issues listen to our Hamilton episode yeah we're not talking about that now we're talking about this one song (laughs) (laughs) but no but that's the thing is is this epitomizes what Hamilton can be which is that when it is good it is fantastic and it ticks all those boxes and if the rest of the show was like this I think it could be one of my favorite shows. Ooh. Well, but it isn't, I, so it's irrelevant. I think I think that's a particularly great example from Hamilton at its best though because the build to then the echoing of the previous choruses and just the tension that is a great way of showing the tension actually building a, it in America at that time and it just crescendos and just like gives you everything just instantly but without even realizing that that's what you wanted in the first place and i think that's the beauty of it it's yeah it's very much like a surprise this is what's coming next like it it this is one of the songs that helps with the pacing issues and is why i say if the rest of the show was like this and carried the story like this it would be a completely different and so much better show in my opinion whereas there is others that I mean, you, you said it about like Phantom. Some of the songs are five minutes too long in Hamilton. Some of the songs are 10 minutes too long. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I love the show. Yeah. So. That's, I think, it. unless there's a sneaky one that you want to fit in in like I, 10 seconds. I don't think I'm allowed. I think no. we've run out of time. We have, to be fair, we've done a nice even for each and then four that we share. So, and thank you to our guests as well for their inputs. Yes, it's always good, like a little throwback uh, to the old radio days. So the it was old... nice, nice visit in that. Yeah, absolutely. Some nice little curveballs as well. It's always nice to hear like what performers say about their moments as well, rather than just like us being like, I like theatre. Yeah, <laughs> we'll let the professionals talk about it sometimes. Yeah, as we say, definitely do let us know your thoughts as well. There is going to be a part two to this in season three, and we'd love to include some of your ideas. So get in touch with us um, on the Spotify app. If you're listening through that, there is a little question and answer box uh, that you can answer our question there. Um, If not, you can do it via other social media. You can go onto Twitter. You'll find us at Overstudies. You can go to Instagram. At Overstudies blog. You can go onto your email client. And email us stage at overstudies.co.uk or you can go into the internet browser and you can find us at www.overstudies.co.uk and there you'll find a little cheeky little contact form yes you can send a message yes caught you out there babe didn't i i used some different words in it yeah some big words didn't know, didn't know how to handle them <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week it's been a long week it's been a long season this it rounds has. off 15 episodes 
Wow. Of the podcast. Wow. We've done well. It's our longest season to, to date. Well, out of two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Keep, keep growing. The next one will be even longer. Yeah, definitely. Thank you to everybody who has been listening. Of course, we really do. does mean the world to us. Um, get in touch with your feedback about the series in general. If there's any ideas that you think you want to hear us talk about for season three, um, any pitches, you know, if you're doing something in the musical theatre world and you want to get it out there, come and have a chat with us. You know, we love talking about particularly new and upcoming shows. So get in touch with us. Let us know. Because if we can talk about it, we would absolutely love to. Yes, 100%. Um, yeah, and I guess the ne- the only thing left to say is keep an eye on our socials to find out when we'll be back. Yeah, because in the words of King George, we'll be back. We will be back. See you soon. See you next time. Bye.